Good morning, everyone. Welcome back once again, finally, to a new episode of Burn the Bones Radio. I am your host, Mike Milani, a.k.a. the Majestic Bearded Eagle, and man, it's good to be back. Hope everyone is holding up okay. Uh, I know if you're anything like me, your life is sort of in a constant state of flux and adjustment in the wake of all the new COVID-19 news that keeps coming across the wire. Um, here in my home state of Florida, we just transitioned from sort of the hopefully everybody listens but they didn't listen idea of social distancing, distancing to the governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, coming out and saying, hey, the next 30 days, everybody needs to stay at home. We're not quite shelter in place yet, but we're headed that way. And as a result of that, I am kind of tied to my house to attempt to record anything. Uh, videos for my ministry, sermons for Sunday morning, podcast content. I can only do it here now in the same house where I have four children, um, all of which at varying levels of cabin fever. So uh, I know the schedule's been kind of out of whack. I really appreciate the the patience. Um, I really appreciate the support that I've received in various social media uh, platforms kind of keep encouraging me. I really, really, really dig that. Uh, and so uh, I'm good to, I'm glad to be back. Very happy to be back. Uh, today we are missing a couple of people. I have yet to land... Uh, some co-hosts uh, this morning or last night even I had uh, intended on bringing my brothers on to kind of help wax philosophical about some Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, casting rumors that I had come across. Again, they are in similar situations. Uh, my brother's in the Air Force. Uh, his wife's in the Air Force down in Mexico and their whole world's kind of upside down. Uh, there's just challenges across the board. So I don't plan on stopping this thing anytime soon. So I know in the not too distant future, I'll be able to have them and any number of other people on here to share in what I hope this is bringing, which is just a little bit of joy and entertainment and some fun, especially right now in a time when some of that stuff feels like it's at a premium. Um, so what we're going to do today, um, we're just going to kind of theorize and mull over some stuff that I found on the internet right now with everything's on hold, everything's being pushed back, everything's being kind of put into, into limbo, and uh, which is a big bummer. Uh, I don't know about you guys, like I mentioned earlier on one of my other episodes, I really am jonesing for some new Marvel content. And obviously, it would be a really stupid idea to put that out right now since no one can go to a movie theater. Uh, they've pretty much squashed the rumor that any of uh, at least the Disney-owned properties would be coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, they're going to just postpone it. So in the middle of just this holding pattern, I figured all we have left is our dreams. All we have left is our fantastical ideas. So we're going to... Look over some uh, MCU Phase 4 casting rumors. We have the full slate. We have very little knowledge about who's going to star in some of these roles outside of kind of the brief glimpse we got at D23 and then obviously the returning characters that have, have been in the movies all this time. So uh, I got this list from my friends over at whatculture.com. I can go ahead and shamelessly plug them here if you're ever looking for good video game, movie, uh, you know, content of any kind, music. They have a music channel now, wrestling, all that stuff. Uh, Jules Gill even has a, a board game channel now. So uh, go check them out. They do quality work. And they're really down-to-earth folks. They will actually interact with you on the social media if you, if you send them a tweet or whatever. And I dig that. So uh, having said all that, let's go ahead and hop right in. Uh, I'm going to be rating these rumors on a scale of 1 to 5 Excelsiors. Uh, 
which is probably going to sound increasingly sloppy as I go through this. But a little shout out to my man Stan Lee. So rumor number one, Alison Brie is going to be cast as Jennifer Walters in the upcoming Disney Plus She-Hulk series. Um, so yeah, that, that was one of the things they announced at D23. We have Jennifer Walters. It's not a hard universe to imagine where we get a character like She-Hulk. She's, uh, I think, the cousin of Bruce Banner. She gets a blood transfusion, bada boom, bada bing. It's, it's not a lot of MacGuffins involved to create her to get to her origin story. She's a lawyer, so uh, there's several um, you know Marvel characters right now that could kind of use a lawyer, Spider-Man specifically, but I've heard rumors that that's how they were going to get Matt Murdock into the MCU, is he was going to kind of cameo as his defense attorney. Um, I'll be... Alison Brie, I'm not... in immediately like super familiar with her material i know she did a lot of work on the glow tv show and uh on netflix which has been kind of rave reviews around that she was on mad men uh the one role i do know her very well for is she was unikitty in the uh the first lego movie so um i don't know how well that translates into a character like uh jennifer walters she hulk um, so for this first rumor, uh, just to kind of, eh, I'm right in the middle of the road. So out of five, I'd give it 2.5 Excelsiors. I'm not really too hot or cold either way on this one. Rumor number two, David Morrissey from The Walking Dead or Bob Odenkirk are going to be cast. One of them will be cast as Norman Osborn, uh, moving forward. Now this one I get a little more excited about. Um, you know, Morrissey obviously is no stranger to villainous roles. He's been kind of the main antagonist for at least the early seasons of The Walking Dead. Now, again, full confession, I am all about transparency. I've not watched much uh, Walking Dead. And from the impression I get from a lot of people, I made the decision that I have I have enough TV shows in my life that disappoint me over time. I didn't want to add another one. So um, I know he's played the villainous, the bad guy, the, the sheriff or the chief or whatever the heck his name was. Um, he never really impressed me in the instances when I saw him. And then as I look at the character of Norman Osborn, sure, he's a creepy bad guy in his Green Goblin iteration. But prior to that, he is more of a, uh, you know, very charismatic, very jovial, um, maybe got some darkness behind the eyes kind of a guy. But he's also a father figure, almost like an uncle to to Peter and, and, uh, and a mentor to him. So as I look at that, I look at Bob Odenkirk, which uh, if you're not familiar with him, he does. Uh, he was on Breaking Bad. He's on the spinoff show Better Call Saul. More recently, he's done something that really gives me a glimmer of hope and a real clear vision as to why I could see him if they were actually going to cast somebody, see him cast as Norman Osborn. He did a show on Amazon Prime called Undone, which I could not even begin to describe without doing it some injustice. It's a beautifully uh, cel-shaded animated thing that they lay over the top of live footage. If you've ever seen a scanner darkly, it's kind of in the same style as that. Um, it's very surreal, very, very kind of trippy. And uh, But his role in that is not com- comedic. You know, normally, if you think about Bob Erdenkirk really as a writer and, and him and David Cross had like a sketch comedy show, comedy was kind of where he cut his teeth. He's slowly slid into more dramatic roles. But uh, 
I like this. I like this idea. Bob Odenkirk, uh, he's a likable guy. He's, he'd make a good father figure. He didn't not somebody that didn't immediately reek of evil. But I've seen even with the new The Undone Show, he slides kind of towards that that hidden darkness that you didn't know was there. But uh, it's very much just kind of surfacing below or bubbling below the surface. So I'm going to give that one four out of five Excelsiors. All right, the next one. You know, this this podcast service that I use only gives me 30 minutes. I'm trying to get through these. This one might take a while because it's very, very exciting. This is William Hurt will be Red Hulk in uh, either Phase 4 or Phase 5. This is probably, if we're going to be honest, is one of the least risky suggestions on this list. Um, I don't think it's hard to imagine a world where we get a Red Hulk. Um... But here's why I'm so excited about this. The Red Hulk by himself is a fantastic character. He's a fantastic antagonist to Bruce Banner's Hulk. Um, He's just... it's, It's a really interesting kind of thing to put him into the MCU as it exists right now. But there's so many... MCU and Disney Plus uh, characters moving forward that create just a perfect kind of a dream scenario. If I could put on my tinfoil hat for a second, if I could grab the reality stone and snap some stuff into existence, I would use the Red Hulk as kind of the cornerstone for that. So just follow me for a second. He is one of the uh, kind of canonical members in the comic books of a group called the Thunderbolts. Um, the Thunderbolts are made up mostly of anti-heroes and villains. I mentioned them in one of my previous uh, podcasts that are kind of forced Suicide Squad style to work for the government uh, to do any number of kind of covert missions. And uh, and Thunderbolt Ross is Red Hulk is a member of that. Now, looking at some of the canon members of the Thunderbolts that are already in the MCU, we have these guys. We have Brock Romlo's uh, Crossbones. We have uh, Bucky Barnes, a Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, Yelena Belova, who is going to be one of the um, kind of sidekicks and probably the future Black Widow in the Black Widow movie. Baron Zemo is going to be the antagonist of uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, we also have Venom, which is the Matt Gargan Scorpion version of Venom, but we've seen both of those people in the Sony Spider-Man universe. Um, Bullseye we haven't seen since Daredevil. Um, Ghost was the antagonist of uh, the Wasp, Ant-Man and Wasp, so there's another character that's already in the MCU. So here's where I slide into full-blown uh, tinfoil hat, dream of big dreams sort of universe. These are characters who are also canonically Thunderbolts that exist in kind of a limbo that I'd love to see Marvel pull back into the main fray. So uh, we have Luke Cage has been a Thunderbolt. Juggernaut has been a Thunderbolt. Deadpool has been a Thunderbolt. Punisher, Jigsaw, Ghost Rider. There are so many great characters, and we've seen all of them, whether it's the Netflix uh, you know, TV show, the Deadpool, kind of his own little universe he's existing in right now. And then Ghost Rider, uh, at least the Danny Ketch version, appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I am so desperately seeking a way to pull the characters that we had the privilege of seeing exist in the Netflix Marvel Universe into the main MCU canon so we can use them moving forward. Uh, as the contract stands right now, Netflix had like a three-year, I, wanna, I don't want to say a ban, but uh, Disney could not use those characters or any kind of things tied to them for three years since the last cancellation. Uh, moving into Phase 4 and Phase 5, we will be right on the cusp of that three-year time frame. And so if you're talking about a guy that William Hurt's, uh, you know, uh, uh, Thunderbolt Ross's, I should say, Red Hulk, you're talking about Okay, there's a handful of people that are already here. We kind of know they're leaning towards the Thunderbolts. We've heard it talked about time and time again. 
why not give me a Thunderbolt that kind of slap together where Luke Cage is in there or Punisher? You know, John Bernthal's Punisher is one of the greatest comic book iterations I've ever seen in my life. He is incredible. So out of that one, I'm going full-blown five out of five Excelsiors for my man Stan Lee. All right. Next uh, rumor I've got here. We probably aren't going to get through all 10. I'm sorry, guys. Hit me up on Twitter, BurnTheBone77. I'll tell you what the rest of them are. Or go over to What Culture and check those out. Um, Christian Bale, they're saying, will be cast as Dario Ocker um, in the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder movie. So a little background on that character. He is the head of Roxxon, which is a kind of canonical evil big mega corporation we've seen in several Marvel properties already. Uh, he's also a Minotaur, you know, because why wouldn't he be? Um, now, we know from an interview with Tessa Thompson that uh, Christian Bale is confirmed to be the villain. She did kind of let that slip of the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder movie. Um, uh, in the comic book world, Dario Auger is the kind of adversary of the Mighty Thor, which is the Jane Foster uh, version of Thor. And we know from the D23 reveal that Natalie Portman is returning to kind of uh, amend her character. She came out and Taika Waititi actually handed her Mjolnir to kind of say, hey, yes, we're getting uh, the Mighty Thor. I don't want to say Lady Thor because that sounds very condescending. And that's not the name of the comic book. The name of the comic book is The Mighty Thor. And it's uh, it's Jane Foster's Mighty Thor. So it kind of paints a real easy picture to imagine that that is who Christian Bale would play. Is this Dario Auger. Um There was some speculation that he would be playing another character called Gore the God Butcher. Uh, which has been mostly shut down. It was almost too good to be true. Uh, if you go back and read that comic book run where King Thor and Young Thor and kind of middle of the timeline Thor all had to fight against Gore the God Butcher who has a thing called the Necro Sword created by the original symbiote God. Oh, it is, it is chef's kiss top of the food chain. Uh, I'd say I'd give that one four out of five Excelsiors. We know he's going to be a villain. We know Jane Foster's returning. So imagining him to be sort of the most canon version of a villain for Jane Foster's Mighty Thor is not hard to wrap our brains around. All right, ne- next one, number five. I'm going to just breeze through this one real quick because I don't know a lot about this person. And I'm willing to admit that. I am not an expert. I'm not going to try and pretend like I am. This is uh, Haley Steinfeld will be cast as Hawkeye. Now, if you're not familiar with her as an actress, she starred in 2010's True Grit remake. Um, She's also in the recent uh, Bumblebee kind of solo movie. She was the lead in that. Um, She would take on the role of Kate Bishop in the Disney Plus Hawkeye series. But the problem that kind of throws this one down the the garbage bin is uh, she's currently under contract with Apple for another streaming series. And part of that contract is she is not allowed to star in any other competing streaming service. So... Best case scenario, we give this a 2 out of 5 Excelsiors. We've all seen how much the red tape can affect somebody's uh, participation uh, across universes, if you will. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. This next one is just ridiculously silly. But you know what? you got to have one, right? we got to throw one silly theory in there just for the heck of it. This is Owen Wilson. Wow. That's a terrible impression. Uh, we'll start as Kang the Conqueror, Right? I have here written on my first point, LOL, what? Because I cannot imagine a universe where Owen Wilson plays Kang the Conqueror. Uh, We do know, so here's where this came from. It's not just somebody hit themselves real hard on the head with a hammer and started just spouting out words. He is 
MCU affiliated moving forward. He has been cast in the Loki Disney Plus TV show as a member of the Time Variance Authority, which is kind of the Time Cops, for lack of a better term. A little 80s reference for you guys out there. Um, and uh, so the, we know he will appear in that series. And Kang's origin story is one of time travel. is one of going back and forth and changing the future and changing the past, and that's kind of where he's at. Uh, so that angle of it's not hard to imagine. Uh, it's really just hard to imagine Owen Wilson uh, in a role. Candy Carter is very stoic, very maniacal, very not not a lot of humor with him. Um, and uh, immediately my brain went to, well, everybody didn't think Heath Ledger would be a good Joker, so maybe. But no, I can't. I can't wrap my brain around this one. All I think of when I think about Owen Wilson is all the many YouTube videos where somebody uh, dubbed over the top of lightsaber battles from Star Wars movies with him saying, wow, every time the lightsaber swings. I'm giving this one one out of five Excelsiors. With the earmark, I'm fully prepared to eat crow if this one ends up happening, because why not? All right, number seven, Daniel Radcliffe will be cast as Moon Knight in the upcoming Disney Plus series. Um, I have some thoughts on this one. Moon Knight somebody that I'm a recently kind of a uh, new initiate, if you will. But then having said that, once I picked up his comics, I read as many of his series as I could get through. Probably a dozen or so. He is a fantastic character that will definitely um, convert well to a series. We saw in the Netflix series that you had with that kind of extended format. So not a two or three hour movie, but a ten hour season. Although I think the Disney Plus series are, are six episodes. Uh, but with an extended series, you could really peel back the layers and develop character alongside the conflict, which I think is going to work well for a guy like Moon Knight because he is layers and layers of just crazy. He's got three or four personalities in his mind on any given moment. One of them can take over. Um, not to mention Khonshu, who is the Egyptian god of death, who is the one who is his avatar that gives him his power. Or maybe he doesn't. There's the speculation. He might just be crazy, right? Um, I hears, and that's why this rumor at first... Sounds like it's got some legs because Daniel Radcliffe can pull crazy off, no problem. He's one of the few examples, him and Robert Pattinson, of actors that have escaped their kind of uh, teen years and their kind of young adult years to get into some serious roles. Robert Pattinson is going to be the next Batman. I'm very excited about that. And um, and Daniel Radcliffe's done some more mature and, and really oddball kind of characters since he finished Harry Potter. Um I just don't know if I believe the action hero side of it. You know, when I see Moon Knight do some of the more violent things I've ever seen done in comic books, and then I imagine pulling that mask off and seeing Daniel Radcliffe's face, it seems like a bit of a disconnect for me, okay? Uh, if it not for the Batman casting, I figure Robert Pattinson would have been a great shoe-in for this. Um, I imagine Stranger Things have happened... I'm going to go with two out of five Excelsiors for Daniel Radcliffe as Moon Knight. All right, real quick, number eight, Robert Downey Jr. as an AI Iron Man in Phase 4 or Phase 5. I feel like this flows right alongside with uh, the Red Hulk, William Hurt rumor in that I think it's almost a certainty. Uh, we really kind of got a good vision, uh, special effects-wise, and just kind of played out an endgame of, of how that would look. Canonically speaking, in the comic books, 
there is a version of Iron Man who is a suit, uh, an AI put into an Iron Man suit, and when he takes his helmet off, his little AI hologram head is there, and that's how he's alive now. So um, it's not hard to envision how they could do that from a technical standpoint. Now, I'd also like to say I think Robert Downey Jr. is sort of the MCU safety net moving forward to phase four and phase five they're having to uh, take a new angle on a lot of things you know you looked at phase one two and three and it was very much kind of a traditional hero versus villain story you had your quirkiness in in little pockets with the guardians of the galaxy even the doctor strange movie but for the most part it was very traditional origin stories very traditional larger than life villain very traditional uh, underdog kind of we came back we won yay kind of thing moving forward we've already seen a great many of the titles that are in Phase 4 and in Disney Plus and in Phase 5 are taking a whole different angle. You know, the multiverse of madness. We know in WandaVision that pretty much that entire uh, show is, is a construct of her chaos magic and how it goes through different generations of sitcom television. It's going to be a different thing. I've heard Kevin Feige say that most of the uh, this next two phases is going to be a lot more space stuff and also a lot more street level stuff. So not the kind of traditional big hero moments that we saw in Phase 4 and Phase 5. Of course they'll be in there. So the reason I bring all this up is I feel like if it starts to trend like the new voice, the new tone, the new kind of theme of the MCU movies moving forward are not just blowing the doors off the place like the first three phases did, you can find a way to put Robert Downey Jr. on screen and he is a moneymaker. It's like printing money, for now anyways, to put Robert Downey Jr. into a role, a decent role in an MCU movie. Now, uh, we can very quickly sour that. We can very quickly turn that into, okay, I'm just so sick of him being the guy. I'm so sick of him having the quips. I'm so sick of him being the one that provides the emotional tug. I need something new. So hopefully they don't lean into it too much. But as far as the idea of him, that happening moving forward, I can't imagine for a second that we're done with Robert Downey Jr. as uh, as a main level kind of Iron Man character. I know he will appear in the What If series, which is an animated, but he'll be voicing his person in that. I know he's set to, I'm pretty sure he's set to make a cameo in the Black Widow movie, but uh, that's also a flashback, a prequel. This is what I'm thinking is, is actually moving forward in a current timeline sort of situation. So I would give this a 5 out of 5 Excelsiors. Uh, oh, this next one's near and dear to my heart, but I also kind of did some research and I feel like it's already been kind of smushed. But hey, I'm new. I'm learning. Let's dive in anyways. Number nine, Tobey Maguire will be as uh, in as Spider-Man and Doctor Strange 2, the Multiverse of Madness. Um, again, I, I label this in the category of anything is possible. I have here recently heard far more chatter towards debunking this idea than supporting it. Now, if you remember in my first uh, podcast... I offered that in the Morbius trailer, you saw uh, graffiti with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man suit on. You saw Daily Bugle uh, logos for the red and white logo from the original Spider-Man trilogy and not the new Net series that Jake Jonah Jameson's in. Uh, so I feel like that was their little nod that, hey, we're going to see some cross-dimensional Tobey Maguire Spider-Man interjection. Plus, with the addition of Sam Raimi as the director of that movie, and he loves doing stuff like that. But again, there's been more talk now that you know what we've seen has just been kind of placeholders. In the movie, it will be changed to a more Tom Holland version of all that stuff. So I'm not real sure. I think this is kind of 
it's a it's a fine line between this could be totally mind blowing or it could also be way too much fan service. Uh, and and I, I will admit that in game in game demonstrated we have a very high tolerance for fan service. There was a lot of it in that movie, and it just made it awesome. Uh, but I just uh, we don't want to tip too far into it where uh, these comic book movies kind of turn into a character of themselves. I'm going to give this one three out of five Excelsiors. All right, guys, we were coming up against the last one. I kind of hate that we're ending on this one because it's it's very anticlimactic. Um, this is that Sophia Di Martino will be in as Lady Loki. Um, now she we know this actress for sure has landed a lead role in the Loki series. We know the theme and kind of the idea behind the Loki series. Uh, this version of Loki is the one that grabbed the Space Stone in Endgame and then morphed away and kind of messed up their whole plans. So this is, we're getting kind of Loki classic. We're getting uh, no character growth, no kind of I want to be a hero as long as I get the glory kind of guy. No, no maturity. No, we're getting... Uh, self-serving, megalomaniacal um, Loki in this one. Uh, the Avengers. He was as bad a guy as you could get in that movie, and that's where we're jumping into with this series. Um, it's going to be... He's going to apparently you know, use the, the space zone to jump around and, and cause all kinds of mischief, and then we see the Time Variance Authority come in and, and recruit him. There's actually been set photos where he's walking around with the Time Variance Authority agents in a suit. He's not in a prison jumpsuit. He's not locked up. They've made him, uh, I have to imagine, an unwilling uh, associate, but helping them uh, whatsoever. Uh, he will be in there. And there is comic book universes uh, at where Loki comes across a child version of himself. Loki comes across a female version of himself. Uh, there's also been rumors that she would be starring as Enchantress, who is kind of a Loki cohort Kind of only to serve her own, uh, you know, means and a Thor antagonist. So it's not hard to imagine her as that. Um, so this is not one that I think is a stretch. I would give this four out of five Excelsiors. So there we go. Top ten uh, rumors for Phase Four MCU casting moving forward. Which one was your favorite? Which one really got you uh, excited? As we sit here, it's stagnating in limbo, waiting for movies to come out. I know they just announced Morbius has been pushed back to, to March of next year now. It was supposed to be this summer. That's a bummer. Uh, also, Sony's kind of pulling a Sony again. I'm going to go off on a tangent for a moment. And they have not moving the Venom release date, even though all reports coming out have said a lot of what was in Morbius is leading into the Venom sequel so why would you now put Morbius after the Venom sequel? Oh, that is just so Sony. Um, this is why I really hope that Disney finds a way to ink another deal. We keep Tom Holland in the MCU so we don't get uh, the eventual inevitable uh, self-destruction of that character that Sony loves to do so much. All right, guys, that is all I've got today. I managed Miracle Against Miracles to get 26, 27 minutes of relative silence and a house full of kids that are going stir crazy um just before i go i want you guys to make sure you're taking care of yourselves go outside go for a walk you know maintain your social distancing but just give yourself some time to breathe to to relax to unwind and decompress in the middle of all this i know it's tough right now and, it's, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any uh easier anytime soon but uh, I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying for everybody. And I know eventually we can get through this. Thank you so much for joining me today uh, on Burn the Bones Radio. Once again, this is Mike Milani, the majestic bearded eagle. And I will see you guys next time.